0: The IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show.
1: Hey kids, it is me, it's your dude, IZ Robot, and we're back from another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, there's this horrible virus out in the world, but there's gonna be a vaccine soon enough. I think some people have already gotten it. We're gonna be doing what we can do to stay safe, but we're also gonna start enjoying life emotionally on the inside. I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that you guys are doing great, everything is great for me, everything is going fine, I got the floors done, life is, life is on the upswing, I haven't really gotten anything for myself in a while, I know this segment is usually the one where I open up a toy, but I haven't gotten anything for myself, because as you know, Christmas is coming, and all of my gift giving is, uh, going outward, I'm getting getting things for other people, not so much for myself, but that doesn't mean that I don't got something fun. What I have right here in my hand is a pack of G.I. Joe trading cards from 1991. Let's see who made these. I don't even, I'm not even aware of what company it was. It wasn't Topps. It wasn't anybody. It was Hasbro. Hasbro came out with these themselves. That's, that's the way to go. Why license it out to an expert when you can do it all, all for yourself? I wasn't like, I wasn't like crazily into these cards when they first came out. I was still buying G.I. Joe's. This was actually the year I got out of high school, but I was still buying G.I. Joe's on the low. But I wasn't so much into these. I was more of a, of a sports card collector, as we've talked about and as we'll talk about again today. But I, I was aware of these uh, cards existing. And I know that I did have a few packs of these. I was I was wrapping some Christmas gifts, and I have this bin. That I keep underneath the couch in my office. And inside of it is like stickers and things like that. That I gather up. Like any kind of like paper items that I that I buy for myself. But are like small. And I, I want to keep them safe. I'll toss them in these bins. Think of the stickers. If I got like an Atari 2600 game manual. I would throw this in there. Just things like that. And while I was looking around in there for some stickers to put on a present I wrapped. I found this. I found this pack of G.I. Joe cards. And I was like hey. Let's bust this open and see what's inside. So I just gave it a rip. Right now, the rip is, um, the package, rather, is, it's a plasticky, kind of light plastic. Let's, let's pull it open. You have one, two, three, like, you got a whole bunch of cards. The first one here is the cover, is a cover, like a cover of a, uh, comic book. I didn't, I didn't go for these as much as I like the ones that are the actual characters. So Oh, here we go. This is a G.I. Joe honor roll for Croc Master. Croc Master. is like this, he's like this spooky swamp dude that goes around in there and has, like, a alligator for a pet. And he has a whip. He's another pop culture whip aficionado like uh, Harrison Ford, who did that Did that work for Jimmy Buffett. I don't have Croc Master as a figure, and he is one that I want. I have the crocodile. Somehow I have the crocodile, but I don't have him. The next one is a card for the jump, the jetpack, the jump. I do have the jump. It's one of my favorites. It's like a first series G1 kind of thing. It has. It's like a jetpack kind of deal. I like that. The next one is another comic. This is... The Battle of Hindu Kush. Hindu Kush. That sounds... That sounds like a medical marijuana brand. The next card is Blocker. Blocker is a army guy. He is... What is his... What is his service? Oh, I don't... I'm not familiar with him because he's from Battle Forest 2000. I never really got, like, giantly on the Battle Forest 2000 tip. When G.I. Joe got, like, all sci-fi and spacey, that was when I sort of... That was sort of when I checked out. I like my G.I. Joe's green... I like their guns to be black. You know what I'm saying? I want them to be, like, Vietnam vets. I like the first gen. Like, way, way, way more than any gen that came after that. Not to say that I don't like the others, because I do, but when they got more spacey and they got more weird, your guy kind of bailed out. Here is Lightfoot. That's another character card, the kind I like. Lightfoot, Lightfoot is a mind detector guy. Very much like Tripwire. He's the more updated version of Tripwire. He wears yellow and he wears green. I do have him as a figure. Somewhere around here. Then I oh, I got Tripwire, the old mine specialist. I like Tripwire. I have him. What I liked about him, and I liked this when I had him as a kid, is that he came with a backpack that had three mines in it. So you could, like, lay the mines out and then have him go detect them. And the mines had little indents, and they would stay in place in the back of his backpack. Or you could lay the mines out and have Cobra step on them. He was a very, very cool figure. I also liked that his, his mine detector apparatus was just like a cord that connected to his backpack. I thought that was neat. Lightfoot, Blocker, Croc Master. Ah, the next one is uh, Major Blood. Shout out to Gino Vega, Major Blood's number one fan. This guy sends me private messages on Facebook asking me why Major Blood doesn't have a bigger part in the comics. And I'm just like, bro, I agree with you. I think Major Blood should be one of the top guys. In my my, uh, G.I. Joe games, Major Blood was like top two or three dudes. He was one of the top guys. It was like Cobra Commander... Destro and the Baroness were on equal footing, but I would imagine that Destro was, like, maybe a smudge higher, but then right below them came Major Blood. The comic books didn't see it that way. The next one is Grunt. Grunt is one of my personal favorites. I like how he's just a standard soldier. Like, he's just a guy. He's just a man with a man's courage. In in my wife's mind, when she watched G.I. Joe, she thought that Duke was named G.I. Joe, because he seemed like the main guy. In my mind... I always thought that Grunt should be the one that was named G.I. Joe, because he just seems like a standard G.I. Joe guy. He wore fabric, he had a helmet, he had an M16 and a little backpack. I love Grunt. He's just like he's fantastic. The next one is another comic. This is a G.I. Joe special missions with a Scoop on it. Scoop was like the G.I. Joe cameraman. He was like the news guy. He would come in and he would record things for for posterity. I would imagine. But he's on a mission here with Stalker. And I think that that is Tunnel Rat behind them. But I'm not sure. But I am fairly sure. And he's recording this just in case some war crimes go down. He's got the dirt. The next one is Galobulus. Galobulus is like the snake dude. And he has like literal snake legs. By this time, I was like way out of G.I. Joe. I gotta tell you, man. I wasn't buying them I was hardly collecting them. At this point, I'm listening to, like, I'm listening to rap music. I'm, like, hanging around with thugs. I'm running the streets. I'm doing all these things. And, like, G.I. Joe was, like, the last thing on my mind. Well, probably not, like, the literal last thing, but it was down there. But, like, Galobulus is so lame in so many people's minds. But I do kind of dig the idea that, like, he has a different body type. For the figures. Like, all the figures have, like, original molding and stuff, but he has, like, a whole original, like, snake legs. And I always thought that was cool. I've never had him. I don't really want him. I would buy him if I found him at the flea market, but he's not, he's not my favorite. The next one is Clean Sweep. Clean Sweep is an Echo Warrior. The Echo Warriors is another one of those late series G.I. Joe things that I just couldn't really wrap my head around. They're cool, I guess. If I see him at the flea market, I'll definitely buy him because they are part of the G.I. Joe community, but... They're as far removed from, like, the Vietnam vets that I, that I know and love from Series 1 as you can get. I think this was fun, I guess, opening these cards. I got Globulus, and then I got Grunt, and I got Major Blood, and I got Croc Master, and then I got Blocker, and I got Tripwire, and I got Lightfoot, and then I got the Jet Backpack, the Jump And then four comic issues. And also clean sweep. So I got far more Joes than I got Cobra. I got one, two, three, four, five Joes and three Cobras. And I got one G.I. Joe weapon. So if G.I. Joe and Cobra were battling in this, they would definitely win because they have a jetpack. They have the man advantage. And the other team has Galobulus. Now, I would imagine that if the fight went down, Major Blood would fight for a minute. And then he would fly away. In his card here, he has a jetpack. This is a later series, Major Blood. This is the Supersonic Fighter, Major Blood. Another late line. These ones had like little uh, accessories that made sound.
0: G.I. Joe, Listen up, G.I. Joe never sounded like this before. Sonic Fighters. Only G.I. Joe Sonic Fighters come with electronic
1: backpack with four different
0: combat. Sounds. Laser
1: rifles. I think I have one up on my wall, but I don't know who it is. For a while, you could find these weird late series GI Joes at the flea market every once in a while. But I was, I was too snooty, and I turned my nose up on Eco Warriors. I turned my nose up on Sonic Fighters. But if I saw him now, I would pay for him. I would pay an arm and a leg. I wish I could go back and rectify that mistake. But this is the Sonic Fighters Major Blood with the backpack. So he probably escaped the fight, leaving Golobulus and Croc Master behind. You got to consider also the Major Blood's a merc. He's a mercenary, his loyalty's not necessarily with Cobra, his loyalty, number one, is to himself. So he would flee when the going got rough, and that would leave Galobulus and Crocmaster, and I imagine Galobulus is smart enough, being some kind of, like, eternal snake being, that he would, like, slither away, and also flee, leaving Crocmaster... To be captured by the guys. This isn't like the strongest G.I. Joe team of all time, though, you gotta consider that. You got you got two guys who are mind detector dudes, and then you got one guy who cleans up uh sewage, and then you only have two fighters. You got Grunt and you got Blocker. And Blocker drives a vehicle, so he's a he's a driver. This might actually be a closer fight than I thought. You'd have Grunt flying around in the jetpack, battling against all these guys who are also cleaning stuff up. I, I'll have to rethink this, but it could be it could be almost as close as a tie. Let's move forward in the show, find out what Gino Vega had for lunch. This was fun. More fun than I thought it would be a minute ago. Billy's ready. Billy's back. Hey, kid. The
0: mission's on. Introducing G.I. Joe trading cards. We're taking out Cobra headquarters tonight. Who's going? Billy! Snake Eyes, Stalker, and Duke. Dinner now. Your mother. No
1: way. She stays here.
0: No, your mother. Now you can recruit the world's most elite fighting force. All
1: right, Mister. Downstairs. Right
0: in the comfort of your own home. Right in the comfort of your own home. What did Gino Vega do? your day. Robot. Mister. Sensational Gino Vega calling to let you know what I have. And as I mentioned the last time I called in, um, it's kind of hard getting out from under all the mess of the Thanksgiving holiday week. I'm still, still stuck here, still trying, a little, little bummed out, because it it's just taking me longer than I thought. So I've been been kind of remiss making my own lunch. Um, so yesterday I noticed that um, Miss One, my 15 year old, had made herself lunch. She made herself this pasta dish she makes, which is like pasta, and uh, these uh, kind of croutons that she uh, makes on the stove with uh, olive oil and garlic—I think maybe some anchovies and stuff. It's kind of a bootleg version of this other recipe that we used to make for dinner sometimes. But anyway, uh, I thought maybe there'd be some leftovers, but all that was left were a few, a few pieces of this orate kind of ear-shaped pasta um, in the pan, and so I just scraped those out and ate like the handful of pieces that were still left for lunch. That's what I have for lunch. Talk to you soon.
1: Oh, oh my guy, I feel you on this one so hard, I love it when the kid leaves leftovers, she likes to cook, and she's always like frying up like tuna, and rice, and all these things that she finds in the fridge, like she made, she made like some pot stickers the other day, and dude, she left some behind, and I'm like happy as a clam dude, I feel you, it's nice to have somebody in your house, who's also like a fully formed, fully skilled adult, who could prepare food. I, I appreciate it, man. Another thing she does a lot that I like is she orders out. You know, we're stuck in the house, blah, 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 blah. And she'll order out to, like, various Japanese restaurants and get, like, poke bowls. Or, like, sushi rolls. Or, like, Hawaiian barbecue. The, the Hana Hawaiian barbecue. And she has her sent to the house. And she only eats, like, a nibble. She's a nibbler. She'll eat, like, two nibbles. And then she's done. Then she offers it to me. And I'm just, like, happy as a clam sitting there with a bowl of, uh, Hana... Chicken with like that macaroni salad, man. I I'm still on this diet right now, this low cal diet gimmick, and it's horrible. But I'm I'm persevering. I'm I'm pushing through. I gotta. I got to kickstart everything. So the idea... The idea of thinking about food is driving me crazy right now. I'm in that period where I had breakfast and I'm not yet ready for, like, the morning snack or whatever. Or, like, lunch even. And I've been, like, physically active because we're getting ready to rain. And I had to, like, bring in, like, the couch cushions, the outside couch cushions. All that stuff that you gotta do to prepare for the upcoming winter months. So I'm just, like... I'm pretty beat. I also went to the Pokestop twice. I've been over there twice, so I'm... I'm dying. I'm dying on the inside. But, my guy, I appreciate you on this one. I definitely, definitely, definitely uh, feel it. Man, I am sorry. I drifted off there. I just I just got this notice on my phone that says we're going into another, another lockdown. An anti-bug lockdown. That's rough. What a rough one. But it's going to be fine because, you know what, we're all together, man. It's winter, and we're supposed to, like, be inside, drinking the hot chalk, watching the TV, watching the movies, doing all those fun things. So we'll just... We'll just focus on that. We'll focus on that. We'll consider this to be like a forced Christmas time, forced Hallmark movies, forced, uh, episodes of various specials. Man, what a, what a time to be alive. Everything is super duper fantastic right now. Everything is great. Let's, let's see. I, I need to pull this one back in. What was next? Oh, we are going to talk about some, uh, some sports cards, some baseball cards they got on an all new segment called Baseball Card Jones. Yes, take a look at these sports cards. The great new way to relive the great moments of sports. You know, Dan? On that? The front of each card, a full color picture. You know, Dan? Special symbols tell you at a glance the contents of all the cards and let you file them as you wish. On the back, dozens of fascinating facts. The records, who broke them and when. You know, Dan? Plus the athlete's story. His achievements and setbacks.
0: Up next, a trip into the world of sports trading cards with the rated rookie ruler, IC Robots.
1: Alrighty, tidy, whitey, it is me, and we are back for an all new, all fun segment about the world of baseball cards. Your boy IC Robots has gotten back in a big way into the uh, habit of buying baseball cards. I, I'm digging it, dude. I right now putting together the collection that I have always wanted. I've been a baseball card aficionado since like way back in the heyday. Way back in the peak of baseball cards and baseball card shops. But over the years, I fell out of the hobby, but now I am back in a big way. And the prices for the things that I like are like crazy mad low right now. Like I go online and I look for rookie cards with dudes that I was paying like 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks for back in the day. And I see them now for like two, three, four dollars. I have in my hand one, two, three, four cards that I picked up this week. Two I picked up at the flea market Two I picked up on the online, and they're all cards that I would have wanted back in the day, and I paid a pittance. A pittance for them right now. Let's take a look at some of these. The first one I got is the 1989 Ken Griffey Jr. Donruss rated rookie. Ken Griffey Jr. was, like, the hottest rookie out of all the rookies ever to exist. I think that he's the dude that, like... Almost single-handedly drove the baseball card boom of the uh, 80s and 90s. His, His upper deck rookie card was the single card that I would say is most synonymous with that era of trading. The Donruss is not that card. This is the secondary rookie of our guy, Ken Griffey Jr. If you were buying a pack of Donruss and you got this card, you were happy. But you were not as happy as if you bought a pack of upper deck and pulled the Ken Griffey Jr. But I... I was able to pick this card up for 75 cents shift. Some guy threw it in an envelope and put a stamp on it. So I'm I'm pretty happy to have it because it definitely brings back memories of, of time spent at the baseball card shop circuit searching for Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. I swear to you, this was, this was the single most rated rookie out of all the rookies I'd ever seen in the baseball card game. And dude ended up... Dude ended up having a Hall of Fame career, no doubt. He started very young in in the major leagues, smacking home runs. He hit more than 500. He used to wear his baseball cap backwards. He was like like the epitome of everything that was cool at the time. The second card that I got is a 1970 Topps number 279 rookie card of William Francis Lee, a.k.a. Bill the Spaceman Lee. Bill the Spaceman Lee was one of my favorite characters—characters— These, are, these guys are kind of characters, but he was one of my favorite players back in the day. He played before I was into uh, the game of baseball, so he was like a legendary figure to me. He pitched for the uh, Boston Red Sox, and dude was like a known wacky guy. And I've always I've always been a fan of the wacky players. I call him the Spaceman because he was all weird and he was tripped out. He wrote a book that came out, one of those uh, baseball player autobiographies that came back out in the day. And he, in that book, he talked about how he liked to eat marijuana. Every single day. And I just thought he was like the funniest, coolest guy that there ever was. Kind of, kind of a counterculture icon. So I, I really did dig this guy. I picked up that book that I was just talking about, the Spaceman Lee book, at the uh, library of my junior high school. I used to read like all these ghost-written baseball books. Even about dudes I had no interest in in any way. That was just like, that was just like my favoritest genre for a while, but the Spaceman Lee one had a picture of him on the mound at Fenway Park in Boston wearing, like, a Spaceman suit, like an astronaut suit with a bubble on his head, and I just thought that, like, I thought this guy was, like, the coolest, flakiest dude out there. This was a card that I'd always wanted. I paid less than a dollar for this, so I I was really happy to pick it up at such a low price. The thing is, this would never have been, like, a super valuable card because dude was a cult player at the best. He had a good career, very good career, but he was not like a dude who's going to go in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't a guy who was like an all-star. Just a really good ball player who had some had some uh, good skills, some good pitches. But back in the day, you could only find the cards that were available like at your shops. It wasn't like you could go on the internet and just like type in Bill Spaceman Lee rookie card and have like 20 of them pop up, 20 guys competing for who can sell it to you the cheapest. It was like if your dude didn't have it at your shop, you might try the shop in the next town over. Maybe the shop in the next town over after that. But that was about it, unless you went to a show. So being able to get what you wanted was very, very difficult.
0: The so-called spaceman. Last year in Boston, he called his manager at Dribble. He compared the fading fortunes of the 78 Red Sox to the 64 Phillies to the 67 Arabs. His opinions expressed in California Mellow speak guarantee notoriety. The so-called spaceman. Last year in Boston, he called his manager of Gerbil. The,
1: uh, next card I got is one of two cards that I picked up at the Sebastopol Flea Market. We started the day off at the Santa Rosa Flea Market. We went through there. We looked around. I didn't, I didn't find anything that I, I was into. There were, like, there were, like, a lot of dudes not wearing masks or wearing masks, like, only around their mouth with, like, their nose sticking out. So I wanted, I wanted to get in and out as quickly as I can. The Flea Market's becoming, it's becoming a questionable activity and since we've been locked down. I guess it's... I guess it's a moot point, but we went to the Sebastopol Flea Market after the Santa Rosa Flea Market, and I I was just, like, walking around. There wasn't really a lot of people out there. It was still, still kind of cold out, so it was nice in that regard, but there wasn't, like... There wasn't, like, a ton of vendors out there, so I'm just, like, walking through the aisles, walking around, looking at stuff, doing whatever. And I went up to an older-looking chap with a long beard in a vintage, uh, Minnesota Twins starter jacket. I don't think that he was thinking of it as, like, a vintage jacket. I think it was just, like, a jacket jacket that he was wearing. But, like, he had a box of comic books, like, old vintage comic books, like, 60s stuff. And they were all, they were all pretty good. I mean, they were, like, for real, honest, good comics. But he was asking, like, like, you know, normal store prices or, like, eBay prices. Like, things were, like, 25 35 40 bucks And I'm not going to the flea market to pay, like, full-on prices. But then at the back of the box of, um, comic books, there was, like, I don't know, six or seven sheets of baseball cards. Just, like, random baseball cards. So I kind of... I kind of flipped through these, and they were all just, like, commons, just, like, normal cards, 80s cards, 90s cards of just, like, standard guys, your Walt Wees, dudes like that. Just run-of-the-mill guys. But then... I came across this one. It is a Topps number 479 from 1981. It's an Expos future stars card featuring Hall of Famer Tim Raines. Yes, I got Tim the Rock Raines' rookie card. Tim Raines is the maybe... I don't even know if it's a maybe. He probably is the greatest player to ever play for the Montreal Expos. Either him or maybe Larry Walker. But uh, he made it to the Hall of Fame in 2017 after what I thought was like a very good career. Like very good, pretty good, but not necessarily great career. I think he had like 290 with like 2600 hits, and I I feel like if you retire with a 300 average and 3000 hits, you're a lock for the Hall of Fame. So he's kind of kind of a lock for the Hall of very good with like a 290 average and 2600 hits or whatever whatever I just said. But for whatever reason, dude got voted in. Good for him. I'm not hating. I don't hate at all on anybody who makes it in something like that. He made it in that he was. A super nice guy who had really great relationships with the writers. The writers are the ones who vote for the Hall of Fame. And I think they're going to be more tempted to vote for the guys that they like. Which brings us up to the next card. This is a 1978 Tops, number 708. Rookie Catchers featuring the Detroit Tigers catching star Lance Parrish and also Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy, to me, should be in the Hall of Fame. When I showed my brother this card, the first thing he said was like, Oh, Dale Murphy should be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not. I showed this card to my dad on the phone. And he's like, oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not. You gotta wonder, what did Dale Murph do to make it so the guys didn't want to vote for him for the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame? I don't know that he was a jerk. I don't know that he was mean. I'm not saying anything like that. But he seems like he's, like, right on the border of being a guy who could get in and for whatever reason he's just not he has close to 400 home runs he has like a high batting average I don't know man very very interesting he's a 7 time all star 2 time MVP 5 time gold glove winner 4 time silver slugger award with like close to 400 home runs he didn't make it. he went to uh, Woodrow Wilson High School in case you guys were interested right now I'm on Dale Murphy's uh, Wikipedia page it says he is an American former professional baseball player dope I got both of these cards for $4. I was pretty happy about that. I think the guy was surprised that anybody wanted these cards, to be honest, because I pulled them out, and I'm like, what do you want for these? And he had just like, he had no clue. He's like, I don't know, $2? And I said, Deal. I'll take it. And he's probably thinking, I wonder if I could have got more. Maybe you could have, bro. These are both cars that have an eBay watch on. I go through and I'll watch cars and I'll pick them up if I see them cheap enough. And these are definitely two. I wanted this Lance Parrish because I'm trying to get the rookie cards of all the dudes on the 88 Tigers, which is one of my favorite teams of all the time in space. So, as well as being this Dale Murphy rookie card, it's also his. Let me grab my baseball card box. It's all the way over here. I have like this blue pencil box. Don't lose it. All-purpose box that I've been carrying my cards in, so I'm going to put these guys in here as well. So right now I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven cards since I started collecting cards again, and I I have a couple more on the way. To be honest, I was waiting for the mailman to come so I can talk about him in this segment, but he hasn't come in time, and I got to get this done while I got the chance. So. We'll have to talk about a couple more rookie cards I got next time. Let's move forward. Seventy-five seis.
0: Most of you podcasts are like TV bloopers, but I see robots is like DB Cooper. He's out to get the moolah, and then he'll get out quick with a thick grip of chips and a super sick outfit. Lemon to a lime, a lime to a lemon. He can't take the pound, so hard running is out got arthritis in your neck you've got calcium deposits on most of your joints so what we'll be calling on is good old-fashioned blunt force trauma horsepower every time you hit him with a shot horsepower horsepower is good old-fashioned blunt force trauma horsepower horsepower heavy duty cast iron pile driving punches horsepower horsepower blunt force trauma yeah,
1: let's start building some hurting bombs. Alright, we are back. It's the HPI, the horsepower initiative. That's the part of the show where we talk about fitness, talk about diet, talk about a healthy living, going for walks, lifting weights, doing all kinds of fun things like that. These these things are especially important during these cold winter months when you're when you're stuck in the house and you're snacking away and you're not living as active of a life as you want to because you can't go outside and do all those exciting things you want to do. It's important. It's important to keep up on your diet and all of those things. Speaking of, uh, speaking of diet, my diet's been going pretty good. I got myself on a restricted calorie kind of, kind of gimmick because I was getting too swole from too much lifting of heavy objects. So I decided I had to, uh, cut myself down a bit and then build, build back up. So I've been, um, I've been cutting the calories like crazy, but it's going, it's going fine. I've already passed the point of no return. Went to get... Once you kind of get into it for a while, you've suffered through the hard part. So if you, if you quit now, the beginning part is all for naught. So I'm at that, I'm at that point where I've suffered through the worst. So it's all just like, it's all smooth sailing from here. My body's adjusted. I went through like one day of pretty severe sugar, uh withdrawals, your guys a sugar fiend and I've been cutting down on the candies and all things like that, like like as much as I can. And I had one day where I just had like an awful headache and I was dying and stuff. So I ate a piece of laffy taffy to satiate my need for my need for candy and then I was fine and I, I made it through that. But I'm basically living on a diet of like grapefruits, potatoes, things of that sort, vegetarian fare. Uh I can't even remember what do I eat? I eat a lot of uh, eggs. I eat a lot of potatoes, like I said, I've been eating a lot of lentils, we've been eating a lot of soup, soup is your low-calorie, pal, because it's pretty filling, you get the protein, you get the salt, you get all the things that you like, but you don't get, you don't get a lot of calories, A uh, entire can of, like, Campbell's is only, like, 200 calories, which is, like, that's gonna give you, like, three full-on bowls if you wanted to go all in on that, so... I've been doing that a lot, but it's fine, man. I'm, I'm hanging and clanging. I feel like I'm losing a lot of my strength, a lot of the physical strength that I built up from flipping tires and doing all that stuff because we haven't been able to go flip the tires. It's been cold. It's been wet. The tire area is in the mud. It's fine. We've, we've been hanging around the house, doing a lot more, uh, walking around the neighborhood, things like that, which is, which is cool. It goes akin with the low-calorie life. Low-calorie life, low-power life. But I hope that you guys... I hope that you guys are finding ways to, uh, stay fit, stay sane during this time when we're all trapped inside. It's hard. It's really rough. You gotta go outside when you can. If you see an opportunity to go outside during the snowstorms, during the bad weather, during all that stuff, you gotta take it, even if it's just for, like, a short little jaunt around the neighborhood. I, I've been going crazy with these exercise bands That I bought these resistance bands that I got at Walmart a few months ago. You can do like, you can do like curls and you can do various like back exercises and arm exercises. So I've been doing that as opposed to like the heavy lifting of my, my previous life. So I'm still, I'm still in it. I'm still in it to win it, but it's all, it's all changed. The goals have all changed. The hanging and clanging has gone from more, more like starving and hanging, I guess starving myself to death and hanging around the house. But it's all gonna be good, man. I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be super healthy once again. But I I don't know. It's hard to do the HPI when we're not really working on the horsepower because it was kinda fun to talk about how many sets I was doing to this or how many things I was doing to that. And it's not as exciting to talk about like, oh I've been, you know, flexing like 15 bands, but it's all it's all good, man. Let's uh let's talk about something else before we get out of here. I I've been using the service Google Music On my phone for, like, for, like, ever. It's this gimmick where you can, like, upload your your music collection, your MP3 collections. And one time, I went through and I I ripped, like, just about every CD I had onto a MP3. I had this idea to where I was going to create this giant media server. And and in, in a sense, I did, but it didn't... It didn't work out exactly as I as I wanted to, mostly mostly through lack of effort on my part. But I I did have this giant MP3 collection, like thirty four to fifty thousand MP3s, and I uploaded them all to the Google Music, and they would keep them there, and I could listen to them remotely on my phone or my different uh, devices or whatever. And that was that was my main way of getting music on the go. I don't have like a Spotify or a Pandora. Or any of that stuff. I would just listen to the music that, I, that I'd that rip. But there was so much of it. Just so much. That I I was always finding things I've never even heard of. Or haven't even heard of in a million years. But the the Google Music service has decided to cut out. They've cut out as of now. Which is like. Which is really whack for me. Because I've had like so much invested in this. Like thumb upping things. And making playlists. And all these things are gone. But I, I found the new service called iBroadcast. You can find it at iBroadcast.com. And like. They're not a show sponsor or anything like that, but I've been I've been using them for a while, and it's almost the exact same format as the Google Music. So if you're like a Google Music user who's kind of been thrown for a loop like I have by the uh, sudden cancelization of the service, this might be a way to go. iBroadcast.com. Right now I'm in the process of uploading all my all my music there right now, but I've been um I've been using it for a couple days and I am digging it. I I find that like it's easier to edit things on the fly than it was with the Google Music. Like, the Google Music, you'd have to go onto the online to, like, really do, like, any editing of, like, songs names or MP3 names or records or any of that stuff. And this, you could do it on the phone. So I do I do appreciate that. Because every once in a while, like, you're going for a walk, a song comes up, and you're like, that's not the right record, and you want to adjust it. I, I'm like this obsessive cataloger of my music. Like, I've been working at this music catalog forever. I'm always, like, changing uh, the the record covers, changing the tags and whatever, and I've realized that, like, MP3s are, like, completely obsolete because people use, like, Spotify or whatever, but I have, I have, like, all kinds of weird, obscure things that I've just, like, that I've collected over the years, and I'm not ready in any way to let them go, so I'm happy, happy to move forward with iBroadcast. I wanted to say that to you guys. Just, just in case you're in the same state as I am, you don't know which way to go forward with new music. I guess I like like an iPhone. They're in no way associated with Apple. They're there's some small little tech startup, and it's free. it's free. They do have like a premium service that you can sign up for just to like support them but if i if I end up using it as much as I use Google Music, which is like all the time, I will end up signing up. I think it's like three three ninety nine a month. you gotta support these people who are doing these things that you use. If you use some stuff that ask for some cash, you might as well just give it up. you know you gotta you gotta give the support uh. I think that I'm about at the end of things to talk about right now. I think I've hit the, uh, hit the limit. This has been, uh, another super boring, super flat episode, but I hope that you enjoyed it in some way. I hope you had a good time. Hope you're feeling well. Hope the holidays are great for you. Hey, just hope life is treating you well. Hope you're in line to get the vaccine soon. So until, until we all got that shot, until we can all walk free on the earth, do the time. Don't let the time do you. Time seems hard right now. But you gotta believe... Things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's stuff's getting better. Things are getting better.
0: This has been an
1: IC Robots radio production.
0: Right in the comfort of your own home. Right in the comfort of your own home. Right in the comfort of your own home.